The Trial of Sam Bankman-Fried. Every time uh, Bitcoin has been considered dead, right? Every time it's pulled back in the last five, six years, it's had amazing runs up. If you Google just on your phone right now, anybody listening, just put in the search term best performing asset in the world for the last decade. And it's Bitcoin in the last 10 years. Welcome back to the trial of Sam Bankman-Fried. I'm your host, Kelly O'Grady from over at Fox Business. Uh, I hope you all are deep in holiday mode. I certainly am enjoying time with your loved ones, over baking, over listening to Christmas music and holiday music. But listen, the crypto world waits for no one, it seems, even the holiday season. So as we race towards the end of the year, I wanted to just take an episode to look back at some of the dramatic changes in the industry that we've seen in 2023. I mean, this was jam-packed with regulatory action, criminal charges, and potentially the end to the crypto winter, at least for Bitcoin, it seems, at the moment. So to help me do that, I want to bring in Alex Dominguez. He's the Chief Investment Officer of Unicoin, which is a next-gen cryptocurrency designed with stability and profitability in mind. We're going to get into that in a second. But first, Alex, welcome. Thanks so much for talking with us today. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So I just want to start there. Um, you know, for me, for our listeners, tell me a little bit about Unicoin. Uh, what's unique about it? Well, Unicoin is a completely different type of cryptocurrency uh, on the market. Uh, we haven't seen anything like our coin that we're going to list probably in the next 90 days. It's going to be asset backed with real world assets, uh, tangible assets that uh, common investors can associate with. If you look at some of the coins in the top 20, you'll be really hard pressed to find a coin that has actual assets backing the coin. Uh, We're actually publicly reporting. Uh, We have four years of financial audited statements on the SEC website. Uh, Many coins don't do that. They don't even register here in the US. Uh, We're gonna plan on paying a dividend. Uh, We're gonna be listed on an SEC approved security token exchange here in the US. So we're playing by the rules unlike some of the other coins. And uh, we think that in the future, um, you know, when you buy a coin, you're going to want to buy a coin that you know who's who's behind the coin. It's not an anonymous person that built the coin. Uh, we're a centralized coin. We're not decentralized. You can pick up the phone and call us. Uh, and like I said, we're going to have our uh, statements are, are publicly reporting. And we already have $1.4 billion worth of real estate uh, signed at an escrow waiting for us to launch. And we've got another $6 billion in deal flow. So... We're going to probably wind up having about $3 billion worth of real estate uh, backing our coin once we launch, which is a heck of a different uh, business model than some of these other coins. And even if you look at the top 10, uh, there's a need for for the second generation coins. you got a coin like Dogecoin uh, this morning is number 10 on the coin market cap list. And that was actually a, a joke or a parody on Shibu Inu. And that coin's in the top 10. It actually had a market value of $88 billion back in 2021. So that just gives you an idea of how much we need uh, real second-generation coins to replace some of these coins that aren't going to make it long-term. Yeah, I, I think that Dogecoin had a little bit of help, too, from Elon Musk tweeting about it uh, a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the power of Elon Musk, if you will. Um, but that's that's pretty interesting. I mean, to your point... Um, this is registered with the SEC. There's a lot more transparency than we've seen from some of the other uh, the other coins. So that'll definitely be something to watch. Uh, you said that is it mostly real estate that's that's uh, backing it, or are there other assets as well? 
Yeah, the, the exciting part is we have a show called Unicorn Hunters. If you go to unicornhunters.com, it's a show that is similar to Shark Tank. But the difference is anybody watching the show can invest in those pre-ICO startup companies that go on our show. So it's just not the sharks. If you're an accredited investor here in the U.S. and you're watching the show from your sofa and you like what you see from the presenters and the CEOs of these startup companies, uh, they're looking to go public within the next 36 months or sooner. Uh, they're on our show. And the way we make money is we take 5% equity stakes in each of those companies that come on our show. We don't pay for it. They give us 5% ownership of their company uh, before they go on our show. So those shows are going to go in our fund of assets as well, uh, not just real estate. And we're also going to keep a certain amount of coins after we launch to continue to buy assets. We can buy paintings, stocks, bonds, whatever we feel makes sense to grow our asset base. Mm, yeah, the tangible aspect of it, I, I think, is is really interesting to see how this plays out. And I'm definitely going to check out the show. That sounds like fun. I love Shark Tank. Um, so yeah, now, now got, I, can, I can be a shark as well, it seems like, as a viewer. <laughs> yeah, and we got uh, Steve Wozniak, the founder of uh, uh, Apple. And right. we have Rosie Rios, who is a former U.S. Treasury Secretary for President Obama on the show. It's a really exciting show. Uh, yeah. we're, we're democratizing access to pre-IPO companies that didn't exist for the common folk, right? You'd have to know yeah. somebody's brokerage firm or, or be somebody's brother or cousin to have access to pre-IPO shares. Absolutely. No, that that's um that is a really interesting one. So I'm definitely going to put that on my my holiday list when I take some time to watch. But you know, I do want to dive into some of the things that we saw in the the broader crypto industry this year. I mean, I will start with the one that we have been laser focused on in this podcast, which of course was the SBF trial and the verdict. So I want to get your take. How did that guilty verdict, the dirty laundry that got aired during the trial? impact the industry I and mean, how big of a moment for crypto in 2023 was that that was huge i mean it's it was it derailed everything for about a period of about five to six months um you know you talk about a crypto winter uh people didn't even want to touch cryptocurrencies after that that news came out uh because you're talking about the biggest you know or the second or one of the second biggest uh you know exchanges in the world that all of a sudden just goes kaput and nine billion dollars are just completely lost uh and then you look at the optics right a young guy a little quirky uh you know is considered a genius you know was on the cover of forbes and that you know and he's actually doing something illegal right uh it's beyond belief that somebody who's worth you know that kind of money and who's created such a successful exchange would you know would start doing something illegal so that's a trust issue that's always going to be associated with crypto right now but as the months and years go by uh, you're going to see a lot of regulation come forth, which, you know, a lot of crypto enthusiasts, especially the younger generation, don't like. Uh, they kind of like the anonymity and, and the anti-government aspect of coins. But in the true sense of reality, all over the world, if you want more people to, to, to buy crypto, they're going to have to trust crypto. And with trust, you have to have a little bit of regulation. You want to know that your money is going to be there in the morning. You want to know who owns the exchange. If they're doing things the right way, is the exchange, you know, registered in the U.S. versus abroad? So that was a huge, huge deal. Uh, and I think we're still feeling a little bit of the, of the after effects. But I, I think people are starting to, to forget about it and realize that just, you know, one moment in time doesn't affect the entire industry either forever. 
Well, the point about trust, I think, is a good one uh, because, of course, crypto, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, all, all of these currencies, I mean, started, um, I think, for, for more nefarious purposes, at least was the perception from the outside looking in. And then you had this these exchanges pop up like FTX, like Coinbase that allowed someone who didn't have access to buying it uh, more on the black market to be able to buy and sell in a more tangible way, you know, in a more in a way that they were more used to um, trading assets. And then you have something like that happen. And I think it gave a lot of people pause and it, it really did wind back the clock on that public perception. Uh, it does feel like things are starting to, to switch a little bit. I'll get to that in a second. But I also wanted to get your take. I mean, of course, the SBF, um, you know, the, the whole saga this year, the, the guilty verdict was a big one. Uh, but what other sort of big piece of government action do you think was also pretty influential? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking the Binance charges that came out recently, that settlement. We also had the SEC Coinbase suit. Uh, we also had, or we have, the evolving situation with Gemini. I mean, what sticks out to you, and maybe you even have a different one in mind, of what was a really influential moment besides that SBF FTX trial? I think uh, the moment in time that we're going to remember in history, when when we become mainstream all over the world, is going to happen within the next 45 days. I think once the SEC approves a Bitcoin ETF, I think that's going to be the game changer that you look back in time, and that's going to be a historic moment uh, where institutions can can uh, you know we there's going to be mutual funds fighting over a limited supply of Bitcoin, and Bitcoin's going to go through the roof. And, you know, you're going to have access as a common investor to be able to invest indirectly into Bitcoin through a mutual fund. I think that in itself will be the number one event that will make everybody forget about FTX and some of these uh, some of these other uh, lawsuits. I mean, these lawsuits and the SEC playing tough and drawing the line in the sand is a good thing, we feel, because it's it's been like the wild, wild west for the last couple of years. You know, it's almost like anything goes. They're not doing uh, background checks on who's buying some of these coins. You know, Binance got in trouble. They were, you know, Hamas was buying coins and, and selling coins on their on their exchange. So all these things have to disappear uh, to regain people's trust. But I think once you see, you know, Sh- you know Schwab, Fidelity, BlackRock, all these huge companies applying for ETFs, that's, that's a game changer. And once that gets approved, I think you're going to see an onslaught of buyers coming into the market, uh, mainly institutional investors, banks. That's really going to change the the game going forward. So if you're looking at a crypto event, uh, I think this will be the most important crypto event to ever happen in the industry in the next 90 or 60 days before they uh, make a decision on the uh, Bitcoin ETF. And, you know, I think we're already seeing with the price of Bitcoin, some of that being baked in, some of that optimism, that hopefulness that we are going to see a Bitcoin ETF in the near future. Um, so I, I, I just kind of want to get your take on, on what's been happening with the price of Bitcoin, because if I go back to January 1st of this year, it was 16605 Right now it's up uh, 150% or so on the year, maybe a tad more, 41480 that's certainly still off the high that we saw, um, you know, over 60,000. But we have definitely been trending up. So do you think the crypto winter is over? 
or oh, I, yeah, yes. absolutely. Every time uh, Bitcoin has been considered dead, right? Every time it's pulled back in the last five, six years, it's had amazing runs up. If you look at, if you Google just on your phone right now, anybody listening, just click. Uh, I mean, just put in the search term best performing asset in the world for the last decade. And it's Bitcoin in the last 10 years. It, you know, it's up immensely versus any other type of asset worldwide. And this year, you know, it's starting to creep up because people are anticipating the ETF approval. I mean, it hit 68,000 uh, without it. So, you know, when you see these predictions of people saying that the coin may go to two, 300,000 a coin, that's pretty realistic because keep in mind, there's 21 million coins in circulation. 10 of it is pretty tightly held, which leaves another 11 million. And, you know, we've lost Bitcoin along the way. A lot of people have lost Bitcoin. Never, They're never going to see it again. It's lost somewhere in the... Uh, in the crypto sphere so you're looking at maybe eight million coins available for trading and you're going to have these mammoth companies all trying to buy it in the open market and that's just going to raise the price how far up it goes who knows but uh there's predictions you know there's people saying a million dollars a coin five hundred thousand a coin uh, i wouldn't be surprised because that amount of upside you know upside pressure from from buyers and institutional buyers with limited amount of supply, it just makes sense in my mind that it's going to way, it's going to blow past sixty-eight thousand where it hit last time. Wow! And just as a follow-up, I mean, do you think that most of the run-up that we've seen right now is that that potential Bitcoin ETF, or are there other things sort of baked in here that you know we are seeing the bad actors, uh, the SBFs, the um, you know, the Binances, the FTXs and whatnot start to be regulated, you know, be cracked down on? Um, or do you also think that there's, you know, so little confidence rather in some of these traditional assets and there's kind of a bandwagon mentality that's happening again? Because if I, if I do go back to the run that we saw where we ended up at 68,000, a lot of that was, I think, some, some investors that weren't traditional Bitcoin investors. They were they were kind of bandwagoners going like, oh yeah, B Bitcoin seems hot. Like I have friends who are are making thousands of dollars each day, like almost like going to the craps table, if you will. Um, do you think that there's some of that that's happening right now? Some A little bit of like a fear of missing out if Bitcoin just takes off? Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you look at some of these big players that in the past have said that, you know, oh, Bitcoin exists, it doesn't exist, it, these same companies are setting up trading desks uh, for Bitcoin. Some of these big players like JP Morgan, who have publicly denounced Bitcoin, uh, Ferrari's taking Bitcoin as methods of payment. Uh, JP Morgan Chase just announced that you can pay your mortgage with, with crypto. So once I think people start seeing these press releases of some of these huge iconic companies taking crypto, it, it gives them a little bit more faith that it's here to stay. But I do agree with you. There's probably a lot of people for fear of missing out. The, the retail, the small retail investor, the I call them the Reddit crew, you know, not a lot of money, but together they're, they're, they're very formidable. Um, I just think it's, you know, it's amazing to me how it's at 44,000 a coin and, you know, or 41,000, whatever it is today. But I think it's, it's a, just a combination of both. But I think once you start seeing huge iconic companies like Ferrari, I mean, you can buy a Ferrari with Bitcoin tomorrow. You could buy real estate. In all 50 states here in the U.S. with Bitcoin, uh, even Ethereum, uh, as a realtor, when you list property, 
they got a little box now that says, would you like to, to take payment in crypto? You never wow. saw that before for realtors. So I think it's here to stay. That I think that that left the station a long, long time ago. I think you talk to the big guys, like even Mark Cuban, I think they asked him once, do you own Bitcoin or what he thought about Bitcoin back then? He wasn't too enthusiastic about it. And then they asked him, do you own Bitcoin? He said, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I think people hedge and I think they're going to continue to do so. Yeah, it, you know, it, it is it is interesting because I think to your point, we are seeing these more traditional trusted brands, right? The, the Ferraris, the JP Morgans, um, you know, get into this space more, allow their customers to transact. And that just builds an element of comfort and credibility with the regular consumer. But I, I do wonder, I like the term that you use, the, the Reddit investor, <laughs> if you will, um, because I think that's where we saw that massive crash. And, you know, folks were like, oh, gosh, I just need to take out my money. Whereas now the folks that are that stayed in it when it was at its its, um, you know, lowest point, I mean, not lowest point overall, but lowest point after the, the 68,000. Those were people who were just comfortable with holding Bitcoin. They were seeing it as a, a long term investment and they weren't going to be impacted by the little ups and downs like that more traditional retail investor. So yeah, and, it, and it's not, and it, yeah, and it's not just Bitcoin. I mean, even if you look at our coin, that isn't even out yet. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're buying real estate. You know, we just bought a, a hotel for fifty million dollars, and we're swapping Unicoin for the hotel. People are believing in crypto. I mean, it's not just Bitcoin, and they're believing in the future. They're believing in in the second generation coins like ours. I mean, to give, I mean, if you own the $50 million hotel and you're willing to trade that for a coin that hasn't listed yet, you have to have a lot of confidence that that crypto that is going to do. true. Yeah. yeah. And we, no, we right now, we, we have three of the top crypto for current uh, property deals in the world that we actually beat on uh, Bitcoin's record. So it's not just Bitcoin. I think crypto in general, I think there, every day there's more and more people who believe that it's going to be here, uh, you know, 20, 30 years from now. Yeah. Well, we will see what 2024 brings. Uh, 2023 was definitely uh, a year of evolution, uh, to to use the the T Swift uh, era's phrase. Maybe we we will see Bitcoin and or cryptocurrency come into its ETF era in 2024. Um, yes. Certainly something I think that a lot of in- investors would like to see. Uh, but Alex, really appreciate your time today. I'm definitely going to check out Unicorn Hunters, and uh, it'll be exciting when Unicorn. Uh, gets listed. So we thank you for your time today. No, I appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you. All right, folks. Well, that does it. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. We drop every two weeks, remember. Um, We've got a lot of good stuff coming for you in 2024. And like Alex said, maybe we'll be entering our ETF era uh, in cryptocurrency. So that does it for today. Happy holidays to you all. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. 